Okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it. Is this rock bottom for the Oklahoma Sooners because it feels like rock bottom. We haven't been shut out since 1998 when we lost Texas A&M 29 to nothing. And then you get shut out to not just anybody, but your rival in Texas in the Red River Showdown. But before we get into it, please go ahead, hit that like and the subscribe button. Let me know what your guys' thoughts on the game were today. Additionally, if you guys intake your podcasts on Apple, Google, or Spotify, please go ahead and let me know that you guys are tuning in. Give me five stars, leave me a review, tell me what you like, what you don't like about the show. Okay, let's talk about the So You Texas game a little bit, or I guess a Texas scrimmage, because that's pretty much what it was. This was probably one of the most lackluster performances that I've ever seen from the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, I get it. I'm 25 years old. OU hasn't been shut out in 24 years. So that's one year less than how long I've been alive. And what I saw OU put out there today was just I don't I don't even know how to explain it. There I, I don't think there's words for what we saw on the football field. 39 total passing yards and 156 rushing yards. Literally whatever Texas wanted to do with OU today, they were able to do it. And quite frankly, it didn't look like the team was really there and ready to play today. And I know some people might go, well that's not fair. Well, no, I think it is fair criticism to say the team did not show up. They were not ready to go. Now, Dylan Gabriel showed up ready to go and put on a complete, a completely amazing acting performance because I think a lot of people started to potentially gain hope that Dylan Gabriel would play in that game when you saw him warming up in his pads and he was out there like, there was this idea that Dylan Gabriel might play. But then we see him strut out there with the team, and he's just got his jersey on. He's in shorts. And you've kind of got to be wondering how Dylan Gabriel felt in this game, standing on the sidelines watching how awful this offense was and this offensive performance for Oklahoma was because they couldn't get anything going to the passing game. Now. I'm not going to come after one specific player here because I don't think that that's fair. I don't think it's fair to blame the players in this game. Outside of, I don't feel like they showed up. What I am going to do is, is I am going to go ahead and blame the coaching and this coaching staff. Because multiple times did you have an opportunity to change the way that you were going out there and give different looks to Texas, but you continued to roll out there in this Willis Cat package or give direct snaps to Marcus Major or Eric Gray and then put put Davis Bevel back in on a third and long. You knew Davis Bevel wasn't going to work. That's why you kept pushing him out there while you ran a Willis package. And I'll give props to... 
Eric Gray, Braden Willis, and Marcus Major. Because I felt like they had to step up and they had to play a little bit of running back and they had to play a little bit of quarterback this game. And ultimately, I think they played average performances. But outside of that, I, I can't say anybody else that played that well. I, I, I literally have no words. I mean, the offensive line played better today. That was, I guess, I guess you can say that's something you can look forward to, right? The offensive line played better. And, you know, maybe we should have just relied on our running game a little more. I didn't understand how when we first started running that Willis package in the first quarter, why we didn't run it on fourth and one with Braden Willis or Eric Gray or Marcus Major. You, I mean, why didn't you do a direct snap like we had been the whole time? Because you had that momentum and Texas showed us they couldn't stop it. And this is the play calling that I think I'm going to go after. Multiple times did Jeff Levy not make the right calls. Now, again, we're not a coach. We're not sitting up there, so we don't know the whole story. But by the looks of it, it looked like he could have did a little better. And there's no way you're telling me that Nick Evers and General Booty are worse than Davis Bevel. You can't tell me that. There's no way that Davis Bevel is that much better than those guys. And you know what? At that point when we were down 28-0, why not make a quarterback switch? Which I know all of you guys are probably asking the same thing. We're down 28-0. Why not try it? Give Nick Evers a shot. Let's see if he can create something. A four-star dual-threat quarterback. Let him try. Don't keep him on the sidelines. Additionally, you have a guy in General Booty who was a somebody that a lot of poor, it, it was he was a four-star or <laughs> he was a JUCO quarterback that everybody wanted. A lot of people wanted him. And you guys were very excited to get him. So why is he not playing? I don't have the answers for this. And I would assume none of you guys have the answers for this either. And I trust BV. I trust what BV is doing. And I do think he's going to turn around this program. I'm not going to sit here and act like this is the doom of Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's never going to return to its rightful glory. I have seen all of the talk on social media, especially from Texas fans right now, talking about how this is what they expected. Oklahoma's not any good. That, that's not true. This team is talented. They lost a lot last year. They really did. But they kept a lot of production. And I feel really bad for a guy like Marvin Mims and Theo Weiss, guys that decided to stay here, when you know they probably could have went and had better opportunities and potentially had a good, could have had better opportunities to get themselves going for the NFL draft. 
and they're not getting the ball. I got to tip the hat to Texas on this one. I really do. Quinn Ewers, 21 of 31, 289 passing yards, average of 9.3 yards a throw, four touchdowns, one interception. Quinn Ewers is that dude for Texas right now. I think Quinn Ewers is now the answer for Texas that they have been searching for at the quarterback position for many, many years. Because we saw him against in that Alabama game. We saw Quinn Ewers in that Alabama game go out there and look like a quarterback that could go out there and beat Alabama. We really did. And I know Texas fans want to play the what-if scenario. Well, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, we would know. You can't play that. Because you can't go back and you can't reverse history. You can't change it. But what I can tell you is, he was 9-12 for 134 yards, averaging 11.2 yards a pass. There was a good chance if he stayed in that game, Texas would have won. But I'm not going to say they would have won. Just saying they would have had a chance. Now, who's to say that Alabama would not have changed their play calling in that game? But we're not here to talk about Alabama-Texas. We're talking about Texas right now. The first game of the season against the University of Louisiana Monroe. Quinn Ewers goes out there again. 16 of 24, 225 yards at 9.4 yards a pass. Two touchdowns, one interception. Quinn Ewers is just that guy right now. You're seeing all the hype that was around Quinn Ewers. Why he was a guy that Oklahoma wanted, that Ohio State wanted, and then eventually ended up at Texas. Texas found their quarterback. And you know what? Texas has got a good problem to have right now. You have Quinn Ewers, Hudson Card, and you have Malik Murphy back there. Next year, you're getting Arch Manning. So you got to have a good problem at quarterback. When your, depth's too, when, when, you're, when your depth's too much right there, it's a good problem to have. Hint, look at Oklahoma. Because... They lost Dylan Gabriel, and they kind of don't have a quarterback right now. The pit transfer is just not getting it done for Oklahoma. He's just not. Let's talk about some of the implications from this game. Because I don't think I can say any more about what happened on the field today that none of you guys didn't witness. And we'll talk about some more of that later in the week. But let's talk about the impl- implications of this game. This was a huge recruiting weekend because you had guys from the 2023 class in five-star quarterback Jackson Arnold, five-star safety from Peyton Bowen, who is currently committed to Notre Dame, four-star wide receiver Anthony Evans, four-star athlete Jacoby Johnson, four-star linebacker Samuel Omosigo, who we've had on the podcast, great guy, four-star wide receiver Jacquees Petaway, four-star offensive lineman Josh Bates, four-star cornerback Makari Vickers, you had four-star defensive lineman Johnny Bowens, four-star safety Ryan Yates, or I think there should be a defensive line, Ryan Yates, three-star athlete Eric McCarty. All those guys were there for the 2023 class. Three of those guys you're trying hard to get especially a guy in Johnny Bowens and Peyton Bowen right now because you lost out on the David Hicks sweepstakes. You still need to get a safety in this class, and it seems like you're hearing a lot of good things from Peyton Bowen. 
You've heard it from Brandon Drummond, Parker Thune, that, you know, Eli Bowen, they're always there. And as far as what you're hearing from Peyton, it's very positive things from him right now about the Sooners. Now, I want to hear what his thoughts are about the Sooners after this week. But, you know, he's got to be looking at an opportunity here at Oklahoma and going, I can go see the field. And I think that's something that OU has to really harp on with their recruits right now. It's a, listen, our guys aren't here. A lot of these players, they're from the Lincoln-Riley era. They don't have our culture. But you're going to come in, you're going to help change the culture, and you're going to have an opportunity to play. You're going to have an opportunity to start. Where if you go somewhere else, you might only get two years. Here, you're probably going to get three or four, depending on how long you want to stay. Let's talk about the class of 2024, because there were quite a few of those guys here. Five-star wide receiver Micah Hudson. Five-star QB DJ Lagway. Four-star running back Stacey Gage, who, mind you, could almost be a five-star. Four-star linebacker Peyton Pierce, who a lot of people believe will be the first commit in the 2024 class for the uh, University of Oklahoma. Four-star quarterback Michael Hawkins, which it's funny to have uh, a five-star quarterback and a four-star quarterback there, I think, just because, you know, they're competing for the same position at Oklahoma. And wouldn't it be awesome to have a four-star and a five-star commit? But we're not going to give our hopes up here. We're talking about 2023, but I want to talk about the guys that showed up. Four-star defensive lineman uh, Zadavian Sims. From Oklahoma, I think he's from Dell City, if I remember correctly. Four-star offensive lineman Casey Poe, four-star defensive line or uh, four-star athlete Brian Jackson, four-star athlete Xavier Filzemi. Sorry if I get anybody's name wrong too. I'm not trying to intentionally get it wrong. It's just sometimes it's hard to, uh, you know, look at it. So then you got four-star running back Caden Durham, four-star defensive back. Eli Bowen, brother of Peyton Bowen, who we have been really pushing to go out there and get. Three-star linebacker, Davion Keys. And then from the class of 2025, you had five-star wide receiver, DeCorian Moore there. Additionally, you had four-star 2023 edge, Colton Visek, which we will talk about here in a second. And then you had five-star 2023 safety, Havion Tavino here as well. which I think a lot of Texas guys are really optimistic that they can go out there and get that guy. You had other guys here. Four-star 2023 running back Caleb Hicks. Five-star 2024 edge rusher Colin Simmons. Three-star 2024 defensive back Landon Cleveland. 2025 running back Riley Warmly. And then four-star 2024 running back Nate Palmer. This is the kind of recruiting weekend that OU has to take advantage of. But additionally, you can make the pitch and just tell these guys, listen, because cross out 2024. I believe next year, Brent Venables and the staff are going to put out a better product on the football field than what we're seeing this year. Because now they're going to have a full year in the system, a full offseason. They're going to have a full offseason to go out there and recruit not just with the players that they currently have. So you're going to be able to build the program a little better than what they did. They got a really bad start to this coaching tenure because, well, they had to start in pretty much, what was it, late December, early December, something like that. 
There's a lot going on for OU right now. And I know a lot of people are going to look at it and they're going to freak out because, oh, well, the recruits are going to jump ship. They're not. They're not going to jump ship. They're not going to jump ship. And we know this. Now, that's not to say that maybe one guy here or there doesn't want to decommit, but that's okay. That's okay. You still want to hold together the core of this recruiting class. Now, let's look at Ricardo, because I saw Ricardo LeBlanc, who is Derek LeBlanc's dad, tweet a couple things out, and this is where I am basing the don't worry about it. People aren't just going to decommit because we're having such bad, like it's kind of expected, right? And they're going to give, some of these recruits are going to give these coaches, especially first year head coaches, the benefit of the doubt because it's a new program. You're doing a lot of new things. And look, Brent Venables had to bring 40 new guys onto this team. So you would expect there to be, you know, this, idea where you can't just go out there and do everything that you wanted to in the past couple of years. But here's what Derek LeBlanc said. When the bus is running bad, don't jump off the bus and try to come back when the bus is running good. Hashtag boomer. Three and three, three and four, three and five, three and six, three and seven, three and eight, three and nine. We aren't going anywhere. We locked in. And I hear things like that, and I know that it might not be for everybody like that on this recruiting class. You might see guys potentially want to take other visits. Okay. But the core foundation of this class, there's going to be a lot of people in this class who they're going to ride it out because they believe in Brent Venables, they believe in Todd Bates, and they believe in what this staff is going to do. And you know what? If the recruits, who are having to make life-altering decisions to come here, can trust and believe in the staff when all is not well, why can't we? Why can't we believe in them? It's not always pretty, but we're going to get there. National championship teams are not built overnight. And I'm not going to make the comparison to Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney and all those guys because it's a different team. But national championship teams are not built overnight. We need to take little things that we can improve on from this weekend, like tackling, something we can improve on, and work on it and get better at it so that hopefully by the end of the season we can be bowl eligible, regardless whether it's a good bowl. And then next year, we can put out a good product. And here's the other thing here. Do I think that Davis Bevel could have played better? Yes. Do I feel like a lot of the Oklahoma players could have played better and not maybe look like they were giving up? Yes, I do. We are not... Hold on, let me phrase this. OU fans... Do not go out there and start crucifying the players. These are 18, 19, 20-year-old, 21-year-old guys. They come here to play a sport they love. Not to have a fan like you or me come out there and crucify them because they didn't have a great day. 
Because maybe they weren't just mentally there that game. Because there's a lot going on. Support them, even when it's tough. I know this isn't what we're used to. It's not what I'm used to. I've grown up in the golden age of Oklahoma football. I say the golden age because, well, when was the last time we saw OU have an offensive performance like this? We saw trickles of it last year, but they were able to bounce back every time. It's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. But here's the thing. Growing pains, right? When you're little and when you're growing, right, you have those pains in your legs and your arms and you have to take the medicine. But it's a sign that you're going to get bigger. And it's the same thing here. It hurts a little bit. You might have to take the Tylenol. To make it feel a little better. But guess what? As we grow, as we get better, you're going to see a better performance. And I have no doubt in my mind, by the end of this year, you will see something better from this team. Because I'll promise you this. After the performance we saw today, Brent Venables is not going to play guys that are not fully 100% bought in at this point. He's not. So, I understand the growing pains are tough. This is not what OU fans expected. This is not what they wanted. But for us to think, and I'm going to raise my hand and be I was the first one to make this mistake. For us to think that Brent Venables was just going to come in here and change it year one. Those were the wrong expectations. Entirely the wrong expectations. And you know what? Like I said, I will admit it. I was somebody that kind of led those expectations a little bit. And I was wrong for it. should not have done it. But here's my thing. Now we can reset our expectations and we can help support the team from here. Show up against Kansas. Show up against Baylor. Show up against Oklahoma State. The recruits are still going to be there. And you want to know what and you want to know what's going to make those recruits and blow their minds, when they show up to Norman and there's still 85,000 people there cheering on the Sooners and we're three and six or we're three and seven or whatever it is or we're four and whatever. I I don't know what our records are going to be, right? Because it's going to be a tough road. And I don't know where Oklahoma goes from here in terms of how to win some of these games because you got Kansas next week. And then you've got uh, to play at Iowa State. And then you've got Baylor at home, at West Virginia, Oklahoma State at home, at Texas Tech. Luckily, you're getting a bye week in between Kansas and Iowa State. So this team will have an opportunity to reset and to get their minds right and to figure out the issues and get healthy. But... We have to show up, and we have to support our team. And you know what? Texas gets the bragging rights this year. That's okay. Because we can't win every Red River showdown. But you know what? I have no doubt in my mind that 
Texas fans and Texas players are probably going to let this go to their head, and then they're going to go drop to, I think they play Iowa State next week at home. So let Texas do what they do. And this will be a... Let's talk about Texas for a second, because this is going to be a determining factor in understanding whether or not Texas is back. And here's what I mean by that. Next week is a game that Texas would lose. Historically, they would lose. You come off an emotional win like this, and this is a game that they would lose. You have to, if you're Texas, come out and be as physically dominant next week as you were this week against the Sooners. You have to be. Because guess what? If you lose next week against Iowa State, you're the same old Texas that you've been for the past 12 years. Bad culture and a bad team. Now, do I think Texas is going to go out there and drop it to Iowa State? Who knows? We'll see. You guys will have to stay tuned in for that prediction later this week. But before we do that, before we head out, Thank you guys for watching. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And again, guys, I get it. I know it hurts. But hang in there. Take your Tylenol. Enjoy the season for what it is. Tune in to Parker and Brandon. Get all of your recruiting updates. Get excited for the future of Oklahoma football. And support the guys that are currently here. Stay locked in with the Sooners. But until next time, Boomer.